0: Your love, we thank you that wave after wave crashes over us and drenches us in an unfathomable love, in a limitless love. We thank you for that love this morning.
1: ask you today, will you be the one, will you be the one, I want everyone to stand, turn to 2 Samuel 28 verse 20, David's mighty men, be the one, be the one, from 2 Samuel 28 verse 20, you can watch the screens for the scripture if you can't find it. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man, of Kabziel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of snow. Everybody say amen to the scripture reading. You may be seated. Be the one. John Kennedy said, One person can make a difference. Everybody should try. Ingrid Newkirk said, Never doubt that one person can make a difference. Don't talk about making a difference, make a difference. Life is full of examples of people who made a difference during their lifespan. A man named Niels Bolin. I want to put his picture up here. No one in this room has ever heard of Niels. No one. But millions of lives have been saved because of this man. You see, in July of 1962, he developed and secured a patent for the three-point seat belt for automobiles. And he is credited as having saved millions of lives by that one invention. Look at the next picture of Ralph Hillman, a microbiologist. No one has ever heard of this man. And yet 37 major, listen to me, not minor, but major vaccines were developed by this one man, Richard Hillman. And he is credited to have saved millions of lives through polio, through measles, vaccines, and on and on the list goes that this microbiologist was used by God. One man made a difference. Look at the next picture of James Harrison. A blood. Plasma donor. In his lifetime, he has given 1,000 units of plasma. 1,000, that's a lot. But it is stated in the annals and the records that he has saved the lives because his plasma is a very special consistency that with it they take and they have document they have saved the lives of two million babies. The plasma from this man, James Harrison. One man can make a difference. One man can have an impact. And here's three of many who have had an impact. Many have had impacts in the Lord's church. And in using their talents, their skills, their giftings, to advance the cause of Christ. I'm calling to you to be the one today. You know, the greatest fulfillment in life is know that you're making a difference for people. The why we do things is important. The why we do what we do, is it for selfish gain, our own promotion, our own big bank account, or is there some higher means and some higher understanding of life that I'm here to make my life count and to make a difference for mankind. I know a man that for 55 years, I don't know him personally, I know his story. But for 55 years, every single Sunday, he taught third grade Sunday school class. That so influenced his life that he would not open his family business business the restaurant on Sundays because every Sunday he had to be in Sunday school teaching third graders. Now my wife has taught third grade for 41 years. I want her to stand. I want us to celebrate. Amen. <laughs> she just came in because she's been tending to a sick grandbaby week Somebody had to tend to, amen, (laughs) because we can't put them in the nurseries or children's church if they're sick, amen, amen. But for 55 years, this man refused to open his restaurant because the teaching of third graders was so important on his, his radar screen. I want to tell you, Sunday school, life groups are important, and you need to get connected. You need to get involved in one. Amen. Every week, learning the Word of God, our children, our adults, uh, every age group being taught the Word of God during life groups. But this man, for 55 years, refused to open his doors. And sometimes when you honor God, God just pours the blessings on. And so I visited his restaurant last night before I came to 6 o'clock prayer meeting and had me a good Chick-fil-A sandwich. Amen. <laughs> hey man! 55 years this man's taught Sunday school until he was promoted and he passed away and his family carries the legacy. I honor a Christian attorney and there are many Christian attorneys but there's one that specializes in helping all denominational churches out. And he crosses the denominations. He happens to be of our denomination, uh, the Assemblies of God. His name is Richard Hammer. But his work, his study, his efforts are for helping the church of Jesus Christ. And he has used his talents in writing books and keeping the churches across America uh, concurrent and, and in line with all of the legalities of, of being in the world today. Amen. And he's given his life, but every Sunday morning as he did this morning, he teaches fifth grade Sunday school. There are some people that see above their their lofty goals and aims in life and, and, and work and what they're doing, they see a deeper meaning. And it's the why we do what we do. And I want you to examine the why. Because, friends, we're here to make a difference in life. We're here to make this world a better place for people who are following us. And at some point, point number one in our biblical story begins here in 2 Samuel. You have a host of 37 men that were loyal leaders alongside King David. 37 standouts of which there were five that stood out among the 37. After the 37, I mentioned last Sunday, there were 400 and then eventually a great army that followed the king. But 37 boiled down to one of those leading five, and his name was Benaiah. Every soldier, every fighter, a part of the whole, but everyone's still an individual. And I want to remind us we're all individuals, and we're all called individually to make a difference in life. Benaiah, his name means Yahweh has built, means hand of God, and it also means prayer warrior. The Bible says here in this verse that he was the son of Jehoiada, a valiant man. He was from the southern end of the Dead Sea. If you've ever been there, you know what a parched area that is. But that's where they resided. That's where uh, uh, they came from was the southern end of the Dead Sea. And it says concerning his dad, his dad was a valiant man. I want to speak to every man in this room, every male in this room. You are to be mentoring those that are following. You're to have an impact to those that are following our lives. And friends, valiant men should be raising up valiant men. I want every male in this room to please stand right now. Every male in this room. Look at this. I, look at this. Wow, let's applaud these men. Amen. Being in the house of God. Wow, this is incredible. You may be seated. But Jehoiada mentored his son. We live in a world where, where men are needed to mentor. We live, live in a world where young men need somebody, a role model that they can look at. And it says Jehoiada mentored his own son, Benaiah. And Benaiah was able to do some difficult things. I want Dean Hollingsworth to come. I want to talk just a moment about mentoring and about speaking into the lives of people around you. I want you to tell, now don't tell our story. Amen, we're gonna say that, amen. We got a story, don't we? we Hallelujah. (laughs) I want you to tell what happened last Tuesday night over in the lodge.
2: Well, as many of you know, we're real busy in the juvenile detention facilities and the Lord laid it in our hearts to have something special for Valentine's Day for the moms and the sons. You see, because like we were singing, love always overcomes and love overcomes the broken heart of a mama and love will overcome the broken heart of a son. And We had a Valentine's dinner for the sons and the mothers for two of the facilities and they come walking in and it was,
0: incarcerated. it was
2: incarcerated, but they allowed them to come for this. And it was all set up with linen tablecloths and candles and roses on all the tables. And they all come in formal with ties. And as they all come in, we had had it catered in and the boys come in and we had a nice dinner. But then we had the boys write a love letter to their mother. And they got up. These boys would get up and they would start reading a love letter to their mom about why they love them. And as they would start reading, they would be crying, the moms would be crying. And one of the love letters, the boy got up. And I was reading this love letter, and it says, you was always beside me, even when we were homeless. Is that we never know what people are walking through. But these, 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 and after they would read the letter, we had roses and candies that the boys would take, and they'd give them to their mama, and they would sit, and they would hug, and they would cry, and cry, and cry. And at the end, we, we played this song, and the song was, Because You Loved Me. And as that song was played, I looked at one of the boys and he was holding his mama's hand and he stood up with his mama and they stayed right by the table and they just started dancing. And and he was crying and she was crying. And then the following Saturday, we went to that facility and I told uh, my wife, Master Gary, there was still so much love in that facility because what they encountered, they encountered God's love in that place. And one of the boys came up, and he had real long dreads, and he said, I have never cried in front of my mama. And he held his mom, and he cried for 45 minutes. He said, something happened, and our love was healed. See, God is... God's love can heal the home's he healed us and it healed him. And let me say this is you're going to see our, all of our boys and all of our girls the next three nights show up for Heaven's How many Gates. Facilities? Seven facilities will show up over the next three nights. So when you see them down at the altar, and I know they're going to be at the altar, I need my brothers and sisters to help me go pray for them when they show up. So love y'all. Hallelujah. Be the one. Be the one. Make a
1: difference in people's lives. And Jehoiada raised a mighty son, a valiant son named Benaiah. You see, Benaiah also had some other mentors in his life. He looked at his own leader, King David. And David knew how to do the difficult things. David slew a lion. David slew a, help me here, Derek. David slew a bear. But David didn't use a spear. David didn't use a sword. The Bible, if you study it out, he slew a bear and a lion with his hands. Something translated into a man's life that when it came to do the hard things in life, he had watched his king, his leader, and he had watched his dad mentor, and he became a lion slayer. And the Bible says that Benaiah, in the course of his life, tracked a lion on a snowy day. Benaiah, in the course of his life, no details are given about this encounter. The lion very well could have attacked one of the sheep as it did David when David was tending sheep and had carried off the sheep. And David went and rescued the sheep and killed the lion. Maybe that's what happened for Benaiah. Maybe it was one of the villagers that had been attacked. Or maybe, just maybe, it was Benaiah's Benaiah's dream that he have a lion head on his wall. Maybe he wanted a lion rug in his home. Sometimes it's a dream, sometimes it's, it's avenging uh, the adversarial attack against your life. But I can tell you one thing, lion chasers don't run away, they run to the roar. You're never going to kill a lion running away from the lion. And life is full of difficult things. Life is full of difficult challenges. And the worst thing that we've taught our young people, our homes and our families, is when they encounter difficulty, turn and run away. Get as far away from the problem rather than run to the roar. We need to teach our generation that, and our young people coming along that when difficulties strike, run to the roar, run to the difficult situation. Maybe lion killing was his dream, or maybe the lion was an enemy. But some days, you're just going to have to chase lions. When you pursue God's dream over your life, there will be adventurous days. If your dreams are bigger than you, you're going to need God's help. But if your dreams can be accomplished by yourself and with yourself and with your own abilities, you don't need God. I can tell you one thing, I wouldn't chase a lion without God on my side. Amen. To chase is a choice. It's a mindset. It's a determined belief that my life is gonna be better if I chase this lion and go after this lion. I wanna ask you today, what are you doing with a mindset that you're going to be a blessing to the Lord's church? You know, facts about the lion. The average male lion weighs over 500 pounds. He can run 35 miles an hour. He is called the king of the beast for a reason. Benea was willing to fight to the death because only one was coming out alive. Half heartedness never kills lions. Do you hear what I said? Half-heartedness, and a lot of times we approach our Christian relationship with a half-hearted attitude. It never kills lions. It never sees dreams fulfilled. You'll never have God show up with a half-hearted attitude. Benaiah gets written up in history, in biblical accounts, because he wasn't playing with a lion, he went to hunt and track a lion. In the natural realm, the story goes, Man sees lion, man runs from lion, and man gets eaten by lion. But in the Bible story, a man that's been trained by a valiant warrior that has a king uh, as as a model for him to look at, sees an adversary and runs to the roar. He goes to the pit. The Bible says on a snowy day he tracks him to a pit, to a lair, to a cave. I was thinking about this, that if the lion had probably stolen a lamb or a sheep, there would probably be drops of blood. And any hunter who's ever hunted in, in uh, cold, snowy conditions knows that, that blood, those blood droplets will stand out like a red beacon. He's tracking that lion to the lair, to the cave, to the dwelling of that lion. And that lion has well positioned his pit, his cave. And Benaiah has one intent. He's not coming out alive. I'm pursuing. And you've got to be that way about the dream that God's put inside of you. You see, a lion can run 35 miles an hour. It can leap 30 feet at a time. There's no way you can chase down a lion, but he could track that lion. And there are some things in life that you've just methodically in Christ got to go after one step at a time, following the p- tracks of God that he has clearly laid out for you in the word of God and be faithful day in, day out to be consistent. I'm tracking my dream. I'm following the call of God on my life. I'm not giving up. I'm pursuing. Uh, one day I'm going to find the lair. I'm going to find the pit of where that hungry lion is. And Benaiah tracked the lion to a pit. He chose his pit. A lot of people run from their pits. But he chose to go in to the pit. And he jumps down into a snowy pit on a snowy day. Laying everything on the line. Don't live a life of regrets. Be the one that makes a difference. If you have six months to live, six years to live, or 60 60 years to live. Chase lions all your days. Measure everything in the light of with God. All things are possible. Listen to me. Destiny is not a mystery. It's a choice. Choose to be the one. Choose to be the lion slayer. Edward Kimball, point number two, was one. I want everyone's attention. I don't want you to miss one word of what I'm saying here. Edward Kimball in 1858 is selling shoes. He's a shoe salesman. And he began to share his faith with his coworkers in 1858. He had a friend, coworker, that he began to share with. And the young man's name was Dwight. And Dwight received Christ into his life. Dwight went on to start preaching the gospel and became one of the greatest evangelists this nation has ever known, Dwight Moody. One of the great men of all time but was selling shoes beside a coworker that dared to be the one to witness and share that Jesus can change your life. And Dwight Moody gave his life to Christ. In the course of time and friends, this story starts in 1858 and will culminate in just a moment in 1934, but I don't want you to miss one juncture. As Moody is preaching years later, a pastor is so moved by Moody's preaching, the pastor is so moved, he leaves his pastor and starts traveling as an evangelist. His name was Frederick Meyer. He was deeply stirred by, by Moody's preaching. And he began to travel and preach and one night Myers is preaching and a college student named J. Wilbur Chapman heard him speak and he accepts Christ. J. Wilbur Chapman went on to serve the Lord and found a company and and hires a young baseball player to play baseball named Billy Sunday. J. Wilbur Chapman didn't throw down his spear, didn't walk away but he got radically saved and began to share his faith and billy sunday gave his life to the lord billy sunday began to preach the gospel and i mentioned his name last sunday but he preached one of the great crusades in charlotte north carolina and people were so stirred in charlotte and so moved and he left because he had meeting after meeting and he was continuing his itinerary and they called him, come back to Charlotte. He said, I can't, but I'm gonna send a friend evangelist named Mordecai Ham. And Mordecai Ham goes and preaches in Billy Sunday's stead. And while Mordecai Ham is preaching, one of the last nights of the revival in Charlotte, North Carolina, a young man walks forward named Billy Graham to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. From 1858 to 1934, there was the seed of the gospel and men being faithful to share their faith. Who'll be the one? I want to share and show you a treasure. Billy Graham's decision card on the screen. Actually signed. Now, this is not his card as a picture of it. Amen. November 1, 1934. Billy Graham gave his life to Jesus Christ. And because of one man, a shoe salesman in 1858, sharing his faith through the life and the ministry of Billy Graham, tens of millions have come to just as I am. Come on, sing it with me. Without one plea but that Thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I watch the screens.
3: William Franklin Graham was born November 7, 1918, four days before the end of World War I. Raised on a dairy farm during the Depression, he developed a strong work ethic, a work ethic that is quite evident through six decades of ministry. The Reverend Billy Graham has shared the gospel of Jesus Christ to nearly 215 million people in live audiences in more than 185 countries and territories. Hundreds of millions more have been reached through radio, television, film, books, and the Internet. Billy Graham gave his heart to Jesus Christ at 16. His profound conversion happened under the ministry of traveling evangelist Mordecai Ham. Answering God's call to the ministry, he was ordained in 1939 by a church in the Southern Baptist Convention. Four years later, he graduated from Wheaton College in Illinois where he met and married his wife, Ruth. All I remember is going back home and kneeling down that night and saying, Lord, if you'd let me spend the rest of my life with that man, i consider it the greatest privilege. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I didn't know what I was praying. If I had known what lay ahead, I wouldn't have the nerve to pray a prayer like that. Featuring Billy Graham and hosted by Cliff Barrows. Billy Graham gained his primary evangelistic experience on radio and then through Youth for Christ an organization founded to minister to young people and servicemen during World War II. Following the war, Graham preached throughout the United States and Europe. His ministry with Youth for Christ opened doors for a series of interdenominational citywide campaigns in the late 40s. Outside
4: the person of our Lord Jesus Christ, let me say again, there are problems of fear. There are problems of sex.
3: The Los Angeles Crusade in 1949 brought international recognition. Originally scheduled for three weeks, the meetings were extended to more than eight weeks. In the city of Los Angeles, the largest tent ever erected for a revival meeting is now complete. That is called the, the tent. Seated 6,500 people, and several thousands more stood around the sides. Graham's team established prayer chains throughout the city to intercede for the crusade. One prayer warrior known as Mrs. Edwards felt a supernatural compulsion to call the legendary newspaper publisher, William Randolph Hearst, and tell him about Billy Graham. From that call, Hearst issued the now famous command, Puff Graham, which means highly promote this man. The Los Angeles crusade became front page news. That led to overflow crowds and extended runs for many of the crusades that followed. One in London lasted 12 weeks, and a crusade in New York City ran for 16 weeks.
4: Now I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat, hundreds of you, men, women, young people.
3: Even gang members turned in their weapons at the New York crusade. Billy Graham was not afraid to confront the evils of society. He joined the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. to battle racism.
4: Don't ever say it's a white man's religion or a black man's religion. Christ belongs to all people. He belongs to the whole world.
3: Graham also took on apartheid, refusing to hold a crusade in South Africa until the meetings were integrated. Despite sharp criticism from many in the religious community, Billy Graham also took the message of salvation behind the Iron Curtain to communist Eastern Europe.
1: They had packed the material in little cellophane bags with a pencil and a decision card and a gospel so that they would have the scriptures. And we just passed them out. We threw them out to the people. And they were reaching up and grabbing them. They were so hungry to hear the word and to receive it.
3: He even went into North Korea, one of the world's most secretive regimes, to talk about Christ with its leader, the late Kim Il-sung.
4: Billy Graham really opened up more countries to the gospel, or inspired more young preachers to have faith
0: to believe that nations can be opened up, has given credibility to biblical
1: Christianity like no one except maybe the Apostle Paul in history.
3: Like the Apostle Paul, Billy Graham was not ashamed to share the gospel with people in power.
4: He has stayed focused uh, on telling men and women about Jesus Christ, Uh, his ministry, uh, his life, every speaking engagement, every opportunity with a president or a king or whoever Uh, He would always get the conversation right around to the gospel.
3: He was known as the pastor to the presidents, a friend of 11 commanders-in-chief. He has reached out equally for
2: opportunities to serve God to all people. When he prays with
1: you, you feel that he's praying for you, not the president.
2: The humble farmer's son who helped change the world is a spiritual gift to all of us.
3: The evangelist helped change the world, and the world noticed. Since 1955, Billy Graham was listed a record 54 times by the Gallup organization as one of the 10 most admired men in the world, including 48 times consecutively, more than any other person in history. But in spite of the acclaim, Billy Graham walked in humility, a life yielded to Christ. He made this clear at the dedication of his library.
4: My whole life has been to please the Lord and to honor Jesus, not to see me, not to think of me. You come right now, quickly. While every head is bowed in prayer and the choir sings softly just as I am, hundreds are already coming from everywhere. You come with them. You out there tonight can give your life to Christ.
3: Just bow your head and say yes to Christ right now. Mark Martin, CBN News.
1: One man that made a difference in so many lives, his crusade here in Jacksonville, November of 2000. I personally had people tell me they accepted Christ and received Jesus, one leading businessman who was a state legislator told me personally, he said, I gave my life to Christ in those nights of the Billy Graham crusade here in Jacksonville. I want to tell you, friends, one man can make a difference. And John Kennedy challenged people, be a difference maker. I want to talk to you in closing as the worship team comes. The why is the important reason because eternities matter. What happens after a man's last breath is important and where a man spends eternity is important. And we have been given much and to whom much is given, much is required. And the gospel has changed our lives. The gospel has given us meaning for life and richness of life because we've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Billy Graham preached a very simple message that God loves mankind so much that he sent his only begotten son to die so that man might have life eternal I received a phone call yesterday somewhere around 1030 and said there's 12 people on a plane about to crash land at Cecil field pray and the caller said the number 12 a number of times and that began to reverberate there's 12 souls And for one hour, as that big World War II vintage plane circled the west side, its front landing gear would not come down. And they were going to have to crash land. And they were burning off the fuel over the west side, preparing as the runway is lined with dozens of fire trucks and ambulances and making preparation for the crash landing. And for one hour, I prayed. I prayed for souls. I prayed for 12 people that I I don't know who they are. And then I called others to pray. And I know those others were praying. And we prayed that God would be merciful and God would spare them, but also that God would save any person on that plane who was not prepared to go into eternity. I happened to call an hour later, and it's just as the plane had made its final turn on the west side of Cecil Field and the person there gave me moment by moment as the plane is coming I said is the landing gear down and they had hand cranked the landing gear down but all instruments were saying that the landing gear was not going to hold all of their instrument panel and I said can you see it yes I can see it Plane's touching down. It's got its nose as high as it can in the air, holding that, that front gear from touching till the last possible moment. And the rear wheels dropped and hit the pavement. And then eventually, the front wheels hit and they held. And it was an answer to prayer. I believe it was an answer to prayer. Listen, friends. What's happening here today is an answer to some mother's prayer. God is not willing that any should perish. Every person that I've invited to come tonight, tomorrow night, and Tuesday night, not one person has turned me down. The waiter named Bannister, Friday night, I gave him a ticket and invited him. On and on, people across this city that I've encountered, I invited and shared with. There are people that need to know the gospel that transforms lives and changes people's destinies, gives them reason and hope. Reason why to get up tomorrow and run to the roar. To be the one in life that makes a difference for people. And my challenge to you on this Sunday morning in closing, will you be the one? God's looking for some people that will be difference makers in life. You know, it starts in caring for your son, your daughter, your neighbor, your coworker. Oh, I'll pray for you. That's not good enough. You got to get in their space and talk to them. Get in their space at the water cooler. Get in their space at the grocery store. People need Jesus. And I want everyone to stand please no one leave if you need christ in your life i invite you to come to this altar right now and meet pastor here will you be the one that today you make a decision you see one day years ago i had to walk and i had to come and i had to confess that i believe that jesus christ is lord and I had to accept Him into my life and all across this room as in the early service this morning people who are watching online at some point we all had to come the same way and we come by way of that cross over there the foot of the cross there's level playing ground right there for God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance is there anyone here this morning you need to accept Christ Anyone, you need Christ's forgiveness. Anyone, with every head bowed and every eye closed now. Give just a moment longer here. Anyone, you need Christ in your life. You want a change of destinies in the afterlife. Anyone. I want everyone to pick up your belongings. And if you're willing to be a difference maker, I want you to come stand at this altar for one closing prayer. If you're willing to make a difference in life for the betterment of mankind, and we know what that is, getting people to Jesus. If you're willing to be a difference maker, you're willing to say, Jesus, use me. Come on lead
0: us
1: come on all across this room I want you to
0: sing
1: be the one join your pastor let's be the one stand out that makes a difference can change America if we'll be a church that's a difference maker of you have family and friends that are not where they ought to be with Jesus, I want you to hold your hand up. There's a lost world that is just begging for us to be the one. I have no clue why Benaiah didn't ask Shama, Eliezer, his friends to go with him to chase that lion. But he just said, I got to do this thing. There's a lion. I need to take care of and some of you need to take care of some business and get right with Jesus and get on fire for Jesus and burn with a passion for the lost souls of men and women in this city hallelujah hallelujah Lord we pray over people in our city all around us that need to know our Savior the one who's changed our lives and given us reason for being and meaning of life. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will help us and anoint us, empower us, and rest upon us. Lord, these three nights of revival, I am praying that another Billy Graham gets saved. Lord, you took him home for a reason at this juncture. And Lord, there's somebody you're wanting to raise up in this hour. And it could be that person we invite tonight, tomorrow night. As Billy Graham, just the night or two before the revival ended, he gave his life to Christ. Lord, help us, help us to be the one to invite. In Jesus' name, bless our church family as we go our way. Bring us back, Father, for this time of awakening tonight, Monday and Tuesday. Amen. I want to say this about Billy Graham's life It's, I know that he has been quite uh, Invalid for the last few years God could have taken him at any point in time But there was something about 99 God let him live to be 99 And I began to think And I heard this stated Wednesday Billy Graham was always about leaving the 99 to go find the one that was lost. Such a wonderful stamp of God saying, hey, this is what it's all about. But you know what? He's found the real one now. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) And it's all about God love you, let's harvest. It's harvest time. You're dismissed, amen. Hallelujah.